0: Uh, good morning from the UAE. Welcome to the In Squash podcast episode 125. Uh, I'm your host Jerry Gibson and today uh, delighted to have back on uh, writer for Squash Player magazine Mike Dale. Uh, he was on the podcast uh, about a year and a half ago if memory serves and uh, he's back on the heels of uh, his article that he wrote just recently in Squash uh On squash players' website, it might be in the back magazine as well. Uh, Don't turn a blind eye. This was um, uh, prompted by the Daryl Selby uh, eye injury at the British Nationals, and uh, Mike Dale tells us the uh, the terrible uh, tale about uh, how he lost vision in his right eye on the squash court. and the The article is great. If you haven't read it yet, it's called "Don't Turn a Blind Eye." If you uh, just Google that. Uh, next to Mike Dale's name it'll appear on uh, squash players uh, website and uh, we go into detail about uh, a a little more about how that occurred and uh, what transpired in the aftermath uh, in his life uh, not only uh, in his personal life but uh, as a squash player and then uh, we also get into uh, Daryl Selby's situation at the British Nationals and how that led to Daryl uh, putting on the eye mask uh, seemingly now for the rest of his career, I think based on uh, what we've heard from him. And uh, that's that's a great thing. I think it's him and Mustafa Assal, who's uh, I think just on the heels of the a brilliant junior career having had to wear it as a junior so we have a good little chat about uh, where eye protection should be uh... implemented perhaps at the junior level most importantly even at the beginner amateur level and uh, our views on uh, how it should be approached at the pro level and i think a lot of pros in the aftermath of the daryl selby uh, incident and his um... decision to to begin wearing eye protection uh, came out and spoke on, on their feelings on this and we talk about that a fair bit as well. And for many of you uh, who may not know, uh well, ongoing uh, coming up in the next few days is the uh, Canary Wharf Classic in Manchester. Uh Mike is there and he uh is the 2019 defending media member uh, Canary Wharf champion. Uh he won that event last year and he's there to defend his title uh this time around. So we look uh, back at that victory. And uh, we take a look at what how things uh, uh, look for him this time around. I think there's a little bit more competition. But he sounds confident. He sounds right. He seems to, as he said, uh, be in a bit of a purple patch. Uh, I wish I could have made it over there this year. Uh, I think I might have given him a run for his money. But uh haven't seen him play, but it sounds like uh, Mike's a decent player. So, uh, yeah, it would have been fun uh, maybe next year if I get the invite uh, from Alan Thatcher. Uh, I'll make, the, uh, make my way over there. But, uh, yeah, we talk about that. Uh, the Canary Wharf uh, Classic, his um, his defense of the 2019 media member title. And also, uh, we go into uh, the most recent uh, PSA event, which was the Windy City Open. And, of course, in the aftermath of that, we had a, a couple of interesting uh, incidents. That we had uh, Amanda Sobey's very uh, candid and... Uh, in you know, I I enjoyed listening to her speak from the heart after her loss to Norhan Gohar. Uh, we talk about that, and of course, uh, Mohammed uh video that he posted himself after his uh, post-match interview was uh, dis- uh, the PSA decided not to post it for their, you know, for for reasons that uh, I guess they're they're understandable. But Mike and I uh, talk a bit about that and our views on uh, that situation. So. I know you're going to enjoy this one episode 125 with Mike Dale oh and I must preface this uh, with saying that uh, Mike uh, at the time of uh, doing this uh, uh, episode he was at a uh, synchronized swimming meet with his daughter and uh, he uh, apologizes for not being able to find a more uh, sort of peaceful place to uh, to speak with me I for one uh, didn't mind it at all I'd like to uh, you know spice things up if he wanted to do it on the squash court in between rallies that would have been uh, fun too doesn't matter to me uh, i'm always looking for ways to uh, add a bit of uh, value to the listener and i think this one does so enjoy episode 125 with mike dale but uh, mike th- thanks uh, so much for coming on and uh i know you've got a uh not only this you've got you've got a busy schedule on your hands uh not only playing but i'm sure you're going to be uh keeping a close eye on the, uh, the pro uh, Canary Wharf event with, and also the media member uh, event as well, of which you are the 2019 uh, defending uh, champion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, there, there are more glittering uh, um, accolades in squash than being uh, the 2019 Media Cup champion, but uh, I'll take it.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, the Canary, Canary Wharf is, uh, you know, fast become one of the traditions on the PSA tour and to have your name alongside the likes of uh, Gregory Gaultier, uh, Mohamed El-Sherbagi uh, in the day, Amr Shabana, I'm sure is up there. Uh, all, all the greats. And then uh, alongside, you got the media member winner as well. So, you know, the the hot, the, the prestigious events on the PSA tour. So, uh even though you are the media uh, member winner of 2019, that's still <laughs> a uh, you know an accomplishment. So I was just going to ask you uh, about uh, last year's event. Uh, how did that go for you? Uh, what was the competition like for you? Um, uh, there, it,
1: there, it, it was a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a slight hesitation. There. No, there was, yeah. it was it was it was it was great fun. Um, I've never played on a glass court before, so okay. that was a real all experience. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. found that um, quite disconcerting because we, we just played one, one game up to nine um, point of rally scoring. So it was like, there was no, ch- no Pretty, chance uh, to get used to it. Yeah. A know, few, a few lucky you're...
0: bounces and it could be all over.
1: Well, exactly. It was kind of like, um, yeah, very quick, rapid fire sound of kind of squash. And it was just like, you have know, 30 seconds, knock up and then you're on, you know, and it's kind of like, wow, because <laughs> um because you, you just gotta get used to it pretty damn quick yeah um and it was all, sort of a big round robin tournament and then um, i played nathan clark from the psa who many people will know in the final okay um, um and uh yeah was, was that weird. a, a
0: one game match as well or was that a full uh five best of
1: five from memory i think it was best of three best of um, three okay uh, I think, I think, I think, and it, it, it was all very rapid fire. We had to, when we arrived, all the pros <laughs> were training, and then we kicked them off, and oh. you know, made, way, made way for the proper talent. So we all got on. And did then, did, did um, they watch you play? Well, James Wilson did. James Wilson <laughs> okay. presented. James, well, reluctantly, yeah, you know, I, think. Okay. <laughs> I think. He was, I think he was corralled into it to be honest. But um, he then presented the prizes, which was just. Well, uh, oh, he's a media
0: record. member yeah. himself, so he could have played in.
1: He. He easily straddles both camps. Luckily he didn't actually enter into the tournament itself. <laughs> Otherwise I think he possibly would have possibly would have uh, had a fairly easy win. But it was um it was great. You know, it was, uh, Alan Thatcher organized it, who as many will know is organises the Canary War Tournament. Um, and he um I don't I, I think he's picked up an injury. Um, Alan,
0: uh, he, Alan Thatcher, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's not he's not playing again this year, which is uh, a sad loss to us all uh, mm, <laughs> uh, mm. and um, yeah, but rumors are that uh, James Roberts, who um, uh, posts quite often on Squash stories, so many people know him, um, he's playing, and he this year he didn't play last year, and um, uh, a couple of others who I don't recognize, so um yeah, so he's up for grabs this year
0: okay all right well uh, the they're, they're the target's on your back, Mike
1: um, I know I know. Yeah, no. no. I, I wish
0: I'm, I, I wish I had uh, the time. Uh, I guess with, uh, with uh, you know, COVID nineteen uh, out there, I, I'm not able to travel over. Otherwise, I, I'd have uh, thrown my name in the hat as a as a podcast media member. I could, <laughs> I could. I, I, oh, well, I, I would love to have played in this.
1: Yeah, it'd be it'd be great. It'd be great to play you, Joe. You know, it's uh, it would be it would be a lot of fun. But um, yeah. So I think we'll be. We're talking about coronavirus. We'll all be playing with masks. I'll be playing with goggles, mask. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, have head, head they uh, have they mentioned anything about uh, corona uh, at the event? Uh, just as we're well, speaking about it, uh,
1: what are the well, what is
0: the policy there?
1: Well, Canary Wharf was evacuated um, about a week ago, okay. because uh, which doesn't bode well. But um, I think one of the employees at a comp- one of the big companies that's there um, got. Um, got coronavirus and everybody was just shipped out i mean i don't know what the situation is now i'll find out tomorrow um, right but um you know i think it was that was kind of in the early the early days of it about 10 days ago when i don't know um people didn't really know what the protocol was they just everyone was cleared out so mm-hmm. i'm no expert so i'm not sure what right. i'm presuming that it's all on and you know all, yeah. all, 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 all this weekend's uh, football matches Got played, and, and as far as I know, we're not quite in uh, in the sort of lockdown state that likes of Italy are yet. So, yeah, we shall see. We shall see.
0: Right on. Okay. Well, uh, just uh, you know, as we're speaking about your uh, about the the event there, uh, you have a bit of a squash background, don't you, Mike? Uh, I mean, uh, we'll get to that a bit later with uh, you know uh, the eye protection uh, thing, which mm. came up a few weeks ago. But you've uh, you know, you've played a little bit uh, back in the day, I, I, I gather.
1: Oh, well, not to any um, fabulous standard. I'm a, I'm a half decent club player. Um, I played county squash as a as a junior, but only for for Wiltshire, um, which okay. is not one of the not one of the strongest counties. But I did I did play Joey Barrington once in a in a county game. I think I got okay. about three points. Great, right, right, yeah. great, three points. Um, probably my biggest point to But no, no, I'm just a I play a club in Leeds called Chapel Allerton, which is a fabulous, fabulous club, um, and um, you know playing a few of the few of the teams there. Um, so I just love my squash, Jerry, and um, yeah, just awesome. absolutely, live, live, absolutely live for it. And uh, as I say, the standard is, um, um, you know, if I tried really hard, I might get to just average, um, but uh, no, right. I just 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 up the game.
0: Yeah I'm the same I mean uh, I grew up as a like a top provincial uh, I guess provincial would be the same as county uh player in, uh, in Canadian terms but I came from uh, one of the weaker provinces uh, Nova Scotia so whenever we'd uh we'd end up playing national uh, events uh, we'd get our asses uh, pretty much kicked by the likes of uh Ontario and British Columbia you know the 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 big name squash uh, provinces in canada but uh yeah it was good i mean i still play uh, like yourself still playing a lot and uh yeah you know it's a yeah. great game which is why we uh we do what we do i guess
1: absolutely absolutely yeah
0: yeah now um a few weeks ago i guess it was a few a few weeks ago um uh, Daryl selby played in the british nationals and it was unfortunate. The unfortunate incident obviously uh, took place between him and Ollie. I think it was Ollie Pett, where I think Daryl hit a, one of those shots, sort of straight down the middle of the, of the court to avoid, uh, try to get out of a situation. And Ollie reacted quickly and uh, accidentally hit Daryl with the ball in the eye, and uh, Daryl was awarded the the match uh, due to the injury. Uh, and that obviously prompted uh, Daryl to uh, start wearing eye guards. And then, uh, then obviously your, your article, which you wrote, uh, came out, uh, a piece in squash. I think it was squash mad or squash site that don't turn a blind eye came out. So, uh, you've had, uh, and I didn't know this, but you had uh, an experience with uh, being hit with a rack of uh, maybe a ball. I think it was the ball. Um, yeah. and where yeah. you lost sight in your right eye. So, and, uh, yeah. reading that, that was just, uh, I mean, you you go into great detail in in the, in the write up as well. So I uh, don't know if you don't mind, uh, just take us back to um, what happened that day when you were uh, struck by the ball. Back I think you were seventeen or fifteen years old.
1: Yeah no I was seventeen and I um, yeah. I I'd, I'd, I'd put my opponent into the my opponent was left handed I put him into the back left corner um, and he hit an attacking post um, full speed. So I was on the tee and looked over my left shoulder and the ball went flush into my eye socket, um, into my right eye socket. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, my immediate response was like, well, it hurt, obviously, and went up to the bar, um, put some ice on it, and um, it was swollen and it just sort of settled down. But and I didn't, although it was painful, um, I didn't really think too much of it um, at the time. Um, however, um, I was learning to drive at the time, and um, uh, when I was asked by my instructor to look over my right shoulder to check my blind spot, I actually noticed, because, you, because when you look over your right shoulder, you look with just one eye, right. that was with my, right, with my right eye, and I noticed that my vision was slightly blurred when I did that, um, although when I looked at things normally, my sight seemed normal, um, mm. but on the rare occasions that I was look, looked with one eye with my right eye, I noticed that the vision was blurred, and... Um, um i don't know i suppose i was quite complacent about it but i just sort of shrugged it off and, and then after a while i said to my parents like a funny thing happening with my eye and they were like mike for god's sake we need to get into the doctor the doctor took one look in the eyeball and sent me straight to southampton hospital hmm. and immediately they said i had a detached retina in the eye because i had kind of left it a month or so um before saying anything um uh, they couldn't save the sight in the eye, and I had I had an oh, no. operation which, yeah. So I had an operation which um, reattached the retina, um, but the the sight couldn't be saved. So when I look in when I look with just my my bad eye, as I'm doing now, I can, it's like a very very out of focus camera. I can see just blurs and just sort of just sort of light. I'm, I'm at the moment looking at something green, and it's just a green vague green blob. I can't see what on earth it is or. Right. So the sight is, is pretty much useless in that eye. So um, what happened in, the, in the, the immediate aftermath of that operation was that um, I went home. I was doing my A-levels at the time. And um, I, for the next two months, I just could not lift my head off the pillow. I had what, what in retrospect, we probably know as MRSA. Mm. Um, but at the time, it was just complete, a complete mystery of what was wrong with me. And my eye, my eye looked absolutely hideous. Not that I knew at the time, because I just could not not get out of bed i just could not move um, and and uh, so i was off school i was off college for, for, for two months and um, my friends would drop around and, and you know sort of see how i was and i, I could just see they, how they recoiled kind of oh, like yeah. in sort of in sort of disgust at what my eye looked like it was <laughs> properly like you know like a something some creature out of a swamp you know <laughs> just like really <laughs> oh man really 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 hideously swollen yeah. when i eventually did summon the energy to look in a mirror i just could not believe it um and i just looked awful because you know I, I just had no energy and i, I remember um overhearing my mum crying in the kitchen and, and uh, i think to myself right tomorrow when she comes back from work i must make sure i'm out of bed just make sure i'm out of bed just to show her that i'm getting better even though i'm yeah. just as bad yeah, so I dra- yeah i remember dragging myself out of bed and just making sure that at half as five i was sitting in the kitchen just just to show to her that I could actually get out of bed, but I just felt just absolutely dreadful. Oh no. She came back and went, Oh yeah, she came back and went, You're up, you're up. I was like, Yeah, you yeah, know, I'm much better. <laughs> That's good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really, really wasn't. Um eventually anyway, I, I I kicked whatever it was, um, went back to school and I remember the the look, uh, I remember I just remember the look of my French teacher when I went back into her class of like Mon Dieu. Mon Dieu, yeah, yes. <laughs> she was um she, she just just kind of, she was virtually gagging, you know, as it was. So yeah. I thought, oh my God, you know, it didn't make me feel any better. I thought, bloody hell, I must be a right mess. Oh, but eventually man. it sort of settled down. And then um, um, over the next year or so, I went away to university, um, started playing squash again. I, um, but then I, what happened over the next few months was that the stitches from the operation started to work, be rejected by the eyeball. So Ooh. I had these literally like white stitches poking out of my eyeball. Um, <laughs> And there were like, it happened seven or eight times. And each time I had to go into the hospital um, and the lie there with my head facing the ceiling as a doctor came up with, with sterilized tweezers and literally plucked these stitches out of my eyeball. And it, I was yeah. instructed to keep, keep your eye open, keep your eye open, do not blink, do not blink. And you have to not blink as some this, a pair of tweezers comes at your eye. absolutely (laughs) horrendous, absolutely horrific. Um, And you can feel the actual feeling as it, as it gets pulled out.
0: Yeah. Awful, awful. Oh man, Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm cringing right now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm cringing at the memory, but, um, so that was, that was, um, that experience. And it all came from that one moment of just, you know, um, Just a freak accident, really. You know, it was it was uh, was a. So it took you, uh, uh,
0: took you. uh, I mean, once you were back on your feet, more or less healthy again, uh, took you maybe a few more months before you ventured back onto the squash court.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Um, Maybe I don't know. It was maybe four or five months till I went play squash again, and I was playing. It's almost like if you got
0: got into a serious car accident or
1: something. Yeah. Well, in a way, I mean, I was still sort of physically. It took me a while to get physically back from whatever it, whatever it was that, that I picked up from the hospital, and then the eye the situation was another story. I mean, obviously, I wore my parents made me wear goggles after that, yeah. um, which I did. And um, I was playing a lot at that age. You know, four or five times a week. I virtually lived at the squash club. Yeah. Um, went, you know, it was near my school, so every night I would go and do my homework there and have coaching there and play matches there. And traveling around all the south of England, playing at that age, so I got back into it, and then I went to university and played for the university um, so I, I, you know and it, it's what it 's a funny thing with with sight um, my my good eye, my left eye sort of compensates um, and it, as I look at things now around me now it, it doesn 't really look any different from, from a normal person 's vision right. as i 've got older as i 've got older, my good eye has had to work so much harder and um to, to compensate for its its, its poorly next door neighbour, that um, <laughs> that uh, gradually it's got a lot weaker, and I have to wear glasses now for, for working on the computer, and obviously I'm a journalist, so I have to do that a lot, and for driving and watching telly. So what about for yeah, uh, it,
0: in terms of your squash game, uh, was it a noticeable uh, a, a missing asset your game? I mean, if, if you're you know if you don't have the ability to see what's going on behind you, sometimes it's
1: uh, well, I was. Pretty I struggle with that
0: before. now, and I have both <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I was going to say I was pretty crap at squash before, and I remain crap. So uh, I don't know whether it's made much difference. I mean, it it it, it does occasionally. I think judging very fine, uh, especially on the backhand side. For some reason, right, especially at the front, getting getting uh, retrieving shots at the front backhand. I do find that I slightly. I'm taking notes, and taking notes, by
0: the way, uh, Mike. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Front back <laughs> end, yeah. <laughs> front, front back end, just <laughs> keep on the front back. End. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do find that I just occasionally I sort of think to myself, how did I miss time that? You know, what what went on there and I'm, whether it's just me looking for an excuse for my crapness or um or whether mm. it is something to do with my eye. I often find like you know, why did I miss that? Especially when it's close to the wall. I like just ever so sli- I might be ever so slightly <laughs> off, but I, I still you know, I still play to a reasonable standard. Uh, right in fact, I'm in a bit of a purple patch at the moment. I don't know why. So, oh. I think it's strong, but I've been playing a lot more recently and I've had some good wins this season. And, okay. Um, You're, so, uh, uh, in, in the
0: uh, county uh, league matches, you mean?
1: Well, I play in the uh, Harrogate League, which is um, uh, clubs around sort of Leeds, Harrogate, York sort of way. Um, and I play... Very actively in, within the club, you know, within Chapel Allerton. So, right. um, yeah, there's some decent players. it's just good fun, which is what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I just uh, rec- uh, just maybe two weeks ago, there was a guy who dropped in from oh. Liverpool. Uh, I was in. He oh, yeah. was, I set up. A, some guy set me up to play with him. He plays Division One in the, in Liverpool. Just a young fella. So I thought, okay they want me to play him so i ended up playing him. I, I get to the club this young guy he's about my height looks looks very strong and uh but i did uh, i managed to uh to have a good match against i beat him and um mm-hmm. so i guess that that's my purple patch as well so we're still uh still able to hit the ball around Mike, despite our uh despite our age <laughs> no no i mean i'm aging myself here you're you're what late late 30s
1: 40 Forty-one, nearly forty-one. alas.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Still, lots of good, good, good squash years remain.
1: Oh, let's hope so. Yeah, Yeah. God, I mean, absolutely. I don't know what else I'd do with myself if I couldn't switch (laughs) around. To be honest,
0: (laughs) but uh, but you said uh, now I think in the article as well you said you these days you don't wear uh, eye protection. Is that right?
1: Well, yeah. As I said in the article, there is a reason for that, and that is uh, I'm an idiot.
0: Ah, Um, (laughs) Okay,
1: but. but, um, honestly the the response to the article has been really really interesting and um i, mm. I, I we, weirdly enough there's a bit of serendipity about this but um the racket that i won playing at canary wharf last year of james wilstrom's dunlop racket oh, yeah. um i bro- i broke two weeks ago um almost sort of in the exact week that i wrote the article about my eye now um I, i've ordered a new racket and with it after the feedback i got about the um, and the sort of the 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 wake up call that it's given me. Um, so when I ordered a new racket, I um, I've ordered goggles as well. So they just arrived yesterday. The
0: eye uh, mask.
1: Um, the eye mask. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be they they the should be maybe. sponsoring
0: you. I uh, I would think. The eye mask. Come on, guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, come on. <laughs> come on.
0: Though. It's Mike Dale from Squash uh, Player Magazine, and he. He's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. He deserves so
1: high price. So high profile. So pro- <laughs> and then. Um, uh, I was going to say, so so yeah, they'll be making their their debut tomorrow at Canary Wharf. So you'll you'll
0: be be wearing the eye mask tomorrow?
1: I will, I will. That's Um, great, that's great. And I've I've idiotically not worn them since I was uh, maybe 18, so we'll see how it goes. So I'll have a a new racket to get used to, a glass core, a a white ball, and eyewear. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Lots of good
0: excuses to fall back on.
1: Exactly, exactly. But just no, was, to go back to, to, yeah. to what I was saying about the feedback from the article, which is yeah, a, please. one of the most interesting things that's happened was actually last night. Um, now, the guy that hit the ball that went into my eye socket, um, mm-hmm. I kind of lost touch with him because things like the internet and Facebook weren't around at that in 1996, five, when it happened. Um, so I've lost touch with him. And um, weirdly enough, uh, I hadn't spoken to him for about 25 years. And yesterday, um, via LinkedIn, actually, he he found me and got in touch with me and said that his brother, who I also who also played squash, had had seen the article, and had forwarded it to him and said, "Look, this is Mike Mike Dow's in this, and uh, and uh, you know we played squash with him when we were kids." And what his brother didn't realise was that um, he was forwarding it to to Chris, to his brother. And Chris, when he got about. Um, about three paragraphs in, realized that I was writing about him <laughs> uh, and realized that he was the one that had hit the ball because he obviously he remembered the incident, but he had no idea. Of the he didn't know about
0: there. the aftermath.
1: No, he didn't. He didn't. Wow. And, um, and he sent me uh, this very, very long, long message and quite a heartfelt, quite an emotional message actually. and. Uh, I remember him when he was a kid as being quite a cocky little swine, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as we, 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 yeah,
0: a lot of us were <laughs> back then.
1: <laughs> well, of course, uh, and we were great mates actually uh, when we were at school together. Um, uh, but just lost touch, lost touch as you do. And uh, but he, um, we ended up like emailing back and forth. Um, you know, t- t- talking about what happened in our lives and all this kind of stuff, and, mm-hmm. and you know, he, he he seemed really, really um, affected by it. But I said, don't be ridiculous; it was a, a freak accident. Yeah. Um, and you know, I thought I think he was he, he was fine with it. But um, it, it was amazing that, that that sequence of events. That now, you know, we've we've got each other's phone numbers now, and we're back in touch. And fantastic. That, That's that all. Maybe maybe back. you guys
0: can have a, a, a reunion. Is he still playing uh, squash?
1: He, he's not. He's had um, arthritis in his wrist, and he's had oh, no. knee, so he was okay. telling me. he's had, okay. he's had bad um, bad knees and all sorts, uh, so he, he had to jack it in when he was Pack 18, it in, yeah. 25, which is because so, he was a good player. Mm. He was better than me, certainly. But yeah, no, it's, and then sort of like the other feedback that's happened, um, people have sort of come is up with
0: yeah, Have you had any uh, negative feedback? Uh?
1: Well, only People saying that I'm an idiot for not wearing eye (laughs) protection all this year. Yeah, of course. I I fully accept. Um, But I walked into the changing rooms at the club the other day and uh, overheard two people going, did you see see the black tails blind in one eye? And one guy said, I'm surprised he's not blind in both eyes. The standard of squashy (laughs) players." There you go. (laughs) And I I had to leave. They didn't realize I was there. I put my head around the corner. I said, there's nothing wrong with my bloody hearing, by the way.
0: Uh, (laughs) There we go. Yeah, nothing wrong with the good, uh, some good banter, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely.
1: Well, at least Yorkshire, is it? So, you know, this is what you expect. Absolutely. But, um, so, uh, yeah, so a, lot of, a few people have, and, uh, have contacted me on Facebook and people that I know and stuff like that. And so it's, it's been quite cool. Did, uh,
0: uh, that's not something that a lot of your squash called, uh, you know, people you play with, they probably weren't aware of that, I guess.
1: No, because it's not hmm. a sort of visibly although my my eyes of better now and well looks better yeah um, it's not better in, internally but um, you could you have you could know, have, you, have
0: you, employed tell. a bit of uh steve i don't know if you've read the the book uh by stephen potter how to win was it gamesmanship how to how to win without <laughs> really cheating uh, uh, you, you could have wore uh, like a, an eye patch or something
1: on the court done, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's um Probably not the best way to win the ladies over with the old eye patch, uh, <laughs> That's not why I'm no. playing squash for afterwards. But um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's a funny one. But um, mm. uh, yeah, but as I say, the goggles are now, although the the eye the eyewear is now for of purchase. Yeah. So we'll, I'm interested to see what it's like to mm. and well, Mustafa, we
0: Mustafa Mustafa Assal, uh, I mean, he still obviously had reason to wear it because he was still a junior when he was, but I, st- mm. I think he's out of juniors now and he's still wearing it. And uh, yeah. so, so is yeah. Daryl. I mean, Daryl Selby's been wearing it and neither of them have uh, voiced any complaints o- over it. So, no. I mean, it must I mean, be it the, the, the quality, the technology must be fairly good.
1: Uh, it would seem yeah, like, yeah. Um, I remember wearing them when, I mean, in the immediate aftermath of the accident, when I was a teenager, and and sort of being a little bit irritated by them, but I don't know mm-hmm. whether the technologies... I just remember sort of losing sight of the ball when you when you're looking out the corner of your eye, and the, yeah. I, I wonder whether whether they're obviously they're a bit more wrap around now, whether it will be um, a better experience this time. Um, but I, I, one of the interesting um, bits of feedback I had was on Twitter. Quite a lot of people were it's sort of ignited a bit of chat about it. There's been a lot of chat about it, obviously with the Darrell incident. Um, yeah. a, guy from America, a guy from America said, you, you guys are all idiots over in Europe. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, oh,
0: listen to them, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's mandatory over here. Like, I can't imagine. He said it would be like hmm. going on court without, without his shorts, you know, <laughs> he, he would feel, naked. <laughs> yeah. he would feel, he would feel wrong to go on court without. So, eye so.
0: So, guards are mandatory at the amateur level. And I I didn't know that. Hmm.
1: Well, that's what this guy claims. I don't know whether that's...
0: Um, well, I remember uh, my, my sort of anecdote here in terms of... Uh, I mean, I've, I've, when I was 15, I got hit with a racket in a tournament and had to go get stitches and then come back and All finish right. the match. Uh, that, was, yeah. that happened when I was 15. Uh, since then, oh knock on wood, nothing serious. I did get hit in the side of the head, very close to the eye with the ball uh, one time, and it was full, full speed. But um, in yeah. one of our provinces, uh, Newfoundland, um, I played in the Newfoundland Open uh, final, and eye um, guards. It was the only province in Canada where eye guards were mandatory, so I brought right. obviously brought my eye guards. And in the final, it was like uh, five or six all in the fifth, and um, good. We had this really good rally of which I, I won. But in the middle of the rally, uh, my eye guards had fallen off, and I oh. caught I caught them. They didn't land on the, on the court. I caught them, finished the rally, and won the point. And then the, <laughs> uh, the, the referee proceeds to announce, okay, 7-6. But then, unbeknownst to, I think, anyone, he was being, um, uh, what is it called, um, so assessed by, by someone uh, as a, as oh, right. for his next level of officiating. And that mm-hmm. assessor intervened. And this was not on my home court. I, I was visiting. So I think this, this was more of a parochial thing. Uh, he intervened and said uh, that the the correct call was point against me because my eye guards had fallen off.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And that, that pissed wow. me off.
0: I it did. <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> yeah. Pardon my Oh, oh. my God. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that, I still remember that, obviously.
1: Yeah. It's my – yeah. yeah.
0: yeah it, it pissed. I lost the match, too, so –
1: Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. Put, probably put off by that by the guy. Like, well, look. yeah. I mean,
0: he should have just sat there and wrote it down on his thing and and given the guy, uh, you know, marked him down for for that uh, part. Not intervened yeah, in the he's, match.
1: He's yeah, there to, he's there to he's assess, not not interjecting the match.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if he's listening, I'm still pissed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: later, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you, never, you never forget. Never. never forget something like that, do you?
0: Never, never. Exactly. No, no. but yeah. um. But yeah, so, so yeah, Daryl, Daryl's wearing them. The staff is wearing them and you'll be wearing them this weekend. So, uh, let us know, uh, in the feedback, uh, and give us some feedback on how that goes, I, uh, Mike.
1: I will do, I will do. I mean, the thing about a squash ball is it's the perfect size to fit into an eye socket. Mm. Like, a, like, like a golf ball. Yeah, I mean, oh, like yeah. I, I went to the, you know, I go to the opticians regularly now and, uh, because I wear glasses and, uh, you know, whenever they look at the eyeball with, uh, with the machine, you know, very, it, it happens time and time again. They go, Oh, like that. that's their reaction. Oh, <laughs> they can see what they can see what a complete mess it is in there.
0: Oh, really? And yeah, they,
1: yeah. I, you know, a couple of times they've said, What was it, golf ball or squash ball? Because you know, they're, right. they, they're obviously used to seeing this injury. And uh, I'd imagine a golf ball is a lot, of, a lot of very work. bad
0: golfers out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you I, I, you know, yeah, I mean, a golf ball. I don't know what's hit harder in terms of. Um, speed. If you hit a golf ball off a tee, I imagine that's pretty damn quick. Yeah. But So it's a squash ball, but I mean, obviously, yeah. a squash ball is is squashy. The golf ball doesn't have a lot of flex in it. So if you get if you get get a golf ball straight, in you know, bloody hell, you're I done. Mean, yeah. You're 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 done. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah it just but it just shows that reaction from an optician just shows that you know it isn't that rare. You know. No. It's uh, it's it's, it's, it's we, we we're all risking it every time we go out. You know. But um.
0: Well, it, yeah. yeah. The, I was going to ask you this. I mean, you uh, once this uh, uh, the the incident with Daryl, and then even I think on top of your the article that you put out, the the story you put out, several uh, pros came out. Uh, maybe Sarah Jane Perry and a few others came out and sort of voiced their uh, opinion and saying, I think the the majority said that it should remain should always remain optional at, at higher levels. Mm-hmm of play uh to the player so uh, i mean to you know as a player myself i think that's probably the right way to go but uh, i wouldn't be uh, you know too hard done by if uh, if someone decided that uh, they should be mandatory
1: well i suppose yeah you throw choice is a good is a good you know i mean yeah i ex- i accept that the level of risk is is less um at pro level, they've got more control over their shots, obviously, and then got a, a whole career's worth of experience in when to ask for a let, unlike um, beginners. You know, we've all played beginners, and it's
0: a—it's a, <laughs> a crapshoot.
1: They just absolutely—you know—they've no idea um, uh, when to stop. And well, so, I
0: played; uh, I was I, just hitting the ball around with a, a guy, who basically hasn't played played a lot, and the racket went flying over my head. At one point, it's like, oh. yeah. Absolutely.
1: So you, you, I think you, you're right, and I can understand the pro's point of view, but Daryl Selby's um, incident shows that no one's immune, yeah. you know. And and the shot, like you said, that it comes from a shot down the middle, which and then, a that's more. a shot
0: that's being played a lot now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. I think it was from my memory, it was Nick Matthew that kind of pioneered that shot down the middle. You know, low and hard. It's almost like trying, like in cricket, trying to get someone out. LW, yeah. you know you fire in it's like a york you know your cricket yeah um, it's a low hard shot around the ankles that, that puts your opponent in trouble if you hit it hard enough but it does sort of i would suggest slightly as, uh, increase the risk of the balls flying off at um, funny angles it, it 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 sort of encourages the shot between the legs or the or the scoop shot from around your feet um uh, which which when, I, I guess control. the question
0: is when, when was the last time that happened on, on the on the pro circuit right I mean you've seen it it happened to uh, Jonathan Power 15, yeah. 16. I mean we saw that picture uh, but it, I, I mean, mean the I incidents mean are few and far between uh, oh, ma- on the pro tour so.
1: yeah massively so yeah yeah which which is which is fine and that, and they should be allowed to make their choice um, just as we I, 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 but whether the, the argument isn't making it mandatory I. I don't think it's a bad idea for juniors. Um, mm. uh, my experience, obviously, I would reflect on that and say, you know, I would advise people that uh, despite, even if their level of squash is good, it can happen. You have to accept the risk. You accept the risk every time you go on court, and that's, yeah. that's for people to make up their own mind.
0: Yeah, I guess, and, and also the more people, the more squash players who wear eye guards, the the, the better the, uh, the technology's gonna be. I mean, they're gonna, you know, the quality of the, yeah. the eye guards will improve if the you know the more competition there is.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a few people at my club who, who, who wear them, um, and uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, I, I think it's for some reason. I think I think people are put off because because of the aesthetics of the thing, you know, it doesn't look <laughs> yeah. kind of great. And I suppose there's like the uh,
0: come back the to that gamesmanship hat. thing again. I mean, you could go on there with a helmet. And throw throw your opponent
1: off. Yeah, well yeah, it could work, you know, until, until your opponent sort of gets used to it and goes, "What the hell are you wearing that for?" and just batters you. I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it, it's it's um it's uh yeah, I, I would say you know it's it's up to the individual. Um, yeah. But, but I would say for those who choose not to, um, you are accepting a certain amount of risk. So, that's, yes definitely that choice for sure.
0: Now, uh, Mike, uh, before you go, I just wanted to, I'm not sure if you followed the, um, the Windy City Open, uh, there last week, mm. but, uh, uh, obviously, uh, Mohamed El-Sherbagi had the, uh, the post-match interview that where he kind of vented a bit about the, the PSA and, and obviously the, the interview that wasn't, uh, um, mm. At, uh, put out by by the PSA, and also Amanda Soby uh, had a, had a great interview as well. But uh, just uh, just wondering what your thoughts on uh, Mohammed's situation was with regard to uh, how he felt uh, they should have handled uh, his. I'm not sure what the situation is because it's still not clear what happened to him. But uh, how how the PSA uh, handled that?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think the Amanda Soby interview kind of added a different context to it, didn't it? Um, yeah.
0: Well, that was refreshing to hear someone uh, th- drop a few uh, expletives there, and, and yeah, I enjoyed Absolutely.
1: it. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I think I think it was a quite a significant decision by the PSA. Obviously, they um, for the next um, just to give you a bit of background for the next issue of Squash Play magazine. I've interviewed Sarah Jane Perry, um, who's the now the president, the women's president of the PSA, and she was talking a lot about how the PSA has tried to. Um, almost market and promote the women um, as sort of you know, t- try to tell tell squash fans a bit more about them and you know the 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 um, the campaign. It, it's mine. I don't know whether you've seen that on social media, where um, mm. a lot of the top women have, have told us a bit more about themselves, yeah, yeah and I've seen that. And Bits of adversity that they've faced um, and how they've responded to criticism and to people who doubted their ability, etc., etc. And that absolutely fantastic, and it and it promotes. Um, more interested in the women's game. They're not just robots who hit the ball for a living. They are, you know, interesting around an individual. Now, I've no doubt that it was that ethos that fueled their decision to promote the the Amanda Sobey interview because, um, God, yeah, I mean, here we are all talking about it, Jerry. I mean, it's it's worked, you know. um, um, Okay, she she, she slagged off referees. I think that was... (laughs) Slagged uh, on the referees.
0: She slagged on uh, Norhan as well.
1: She did, um, mm-hmm. and well, it, it's a, I. But then, I mean,
0: BSA. that you you see that in a lot of sports, uh, 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 tennis, uh, high-profile sports. They interview these players immediately after a loss, and they're they they're, do. they're well, upset. They
1: do. The, well, they do, Jerry. But the 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 broadcast, the rights-holding broadcasters, do those interviews and promote them. Right. The actual yeah, sport. yeah. I mean, the ATP Tour, for example, or or whatever, all the, the, the PGA Tour. Would they put that on 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 the PGA Tour channels? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not. This, this, yeah. this isn't you know this isn't Sky Sports. This isn't the the, the Holding broadcast doing it. This is this is the, the tour itself. Um, yeah. So that it, it was a very interesting decision. I applaud them for it. I do mm. because they they've obviously weighed up the pros and cons, the risks and rewards, and they thought this is going to get traction. It's going to get people talking. So they have gone with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and brilliant to the PSA media team for that. not an uh, absolute flawless to them. Now, it's uh, what they probably didn't expect when they published that video was, <laughs> was Mohamed's response. Uh, was, was to have a, um, a, another controversy to deal with only hours later. Um, so it's put them in a slightly difficult position. Um, I sympathise with what Mohammed says. The timing of uh, the decision they made with regards to his um, punishment for not playing in Egypt was unfortunate probably wouldn't what wouldn't, he would have wanted going into um a big match like that what, what he had against paul cole i'd say the timing was unfortunate i have sympathy with his position um and uh he obviously chose to go public with that um so he's there next week uh or in fact <laughs> today that the um that the canary wharf tournament starts so we'll there'll no doubt be questions asked of him about it and. It'll be interesting to see what the PSA guys—I, uh, you know—I I know one or two of them have got to say about it. Um, yeah, it's, but again, it's like it's—it's. It's,
0: yeah, that's a see, bit of drama to the game. Something that yeah, we're not like, used to, you know.
1: I know. I mean, that's something that that people do criticize crossbow. It's very, very, um, very—it's all very friendly. Um, the players have a lot of respect for each other. Well, um, it, it the, goes back the,
0: to the uh, back to the J Jonathan Power days, where there there was a bit more uh, you know yeah, argy bargy going anything. on, as you guys like to say over there.
1: Absolutely, argy bargy, and there's, there's <laughs> there isn't any of that. I mean, half the bloody players are married to each other on the pitch. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, they obviously all get along famously, and that's terrific. But it doesn't it doesn't sell newspapers, Jerry. You know, we all know that. Yeah. Um, and a bit of argy bargy, as we like to say, is is um probably a bit of a pain for the for the organizers of the game for the administrators but you know it gets the message board pumping and and it gets it gets twitter buzzing and it it gets a, a wider um attracts a wider interest um potentially so uh, you know i i can see both sides to it i can see why why it, it, it disple- i can see why Maham is displeased yeah um uh, well, there was
0: that whole thing about the board of directors uh, thing that he brought up, which I kind of, I can, I can see his, his point. I mean, yeah,
1: he talked about a conflict of interest didn't in yeah. But I mean, and again, I I can, I can sympathize with his point there, but squash is a very small world. Um, and, you know, if every conflict of interest was called out every single time,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: um, do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it, it would be, it, nothing would ever get done. Um, I think t- just to give an opinion about what happened with Ali Farag, I, I think he did the right thing on pulling out of the decision-making process there. 100, um, percent yeah. And I, um, uh, you know, I think Mohammed raised a, raised a question about: should he be sponsored by the guy <laughs> that bankrolls the tour? at, at El
0: Turkey, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. But I mean that is a, con-
0: I mean that is something that is a conflict of interest, and I guess as a player you know you don't want to have to worry about that
1: Yeah. if you do uh, <laughs> yeah. i mean that,
0: i mean if some, something like that were to you know if you're going into a tournament like mohammed you got to think if you were in his shoes uh you know every everything's going against you and uh that yeah. too
1: yeah. yes um i'm trying to be diplomatic here but i i think i, I think um I think that needs to be looked at. I think if you've got a guy who's making disciplinary decisions, and um, you know, which which potentially could advantage him um, competitively, you know, if, if uh, that 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 it, 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 there's no there's no getting around it is, it is a potential conflict of interest which um, yeah. which you know should, should be looked at. Um, Um, And I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be because it's only really now this incident has happened that that it makes you sort of step back and realize, oh, yeah, I mean, that that could could be an issue.
0: Squash tends uh, to always get get these kinds of things right. I think uh, at the end of the day, they'll they'll figure it out. And uh, hopefully once the dust settles, it'll all be uh, everything should be fine.
1: I agree. It's certainly give us, us plenty to talk about.
0: Absolutely. And Ian, you know what else is going to give us plenty to talk about is uh, your, uh, your first round match in the Media Day uh, Canary <laughs> Wharf event. I want to hear how it goes. The eye guards, the new racket and uh, you know, your yeah. experience on the glass court. Mike, thanks so much uh, for your time and uh, all the best Great. in the event.
1: Oh, thanks, Jerry. Great to speak to you.
0: Episode 125 in the books there. Mike Dale uh, really enjoyed that chat. An incredible story uh, about his, uh, an unfortunate story, about his um, eye injury that he incurred back when he was 17, just about to start university. But he's uh, managed to battle through it and uh, continues to be, as he says, uh, obsessive about the game these days, a love for the game like uh, all of us here who probably uh, uh, who are listening to this podcast and, and uh, enjoy it like myself. So uh, really uh, appreciate Mike's time and all the best to him uh, at, in defense of his uh, Canary Wharf Media member title that he won last year. Uh, all the best in that endeavor. Uh, now coming up, uh, uh, I just finished actually episode 126. Uh, with a player that I really, really enjoyed watching, I got to see him play uh, in Korea when I was there in Busan at the Asian Games. He played Ong Beng Hee in the semifinal, and it was uh, like a two-hour match, and it went—I think it went to five. Since that time, I pretty much took uh, every opportunity uh, that I could to uh, to watch his matches. He wasn't—you uh, know—he didn't get to the top ten in the world, but like I said, I think he reached number fourteen in the world. But it was always a uh, really enjoyable squash to watch he uh, I guess you could say no guts no glory uh, approach to the game but he you know when he went uh, uh, attacking he also backed it up with uh, the ability to get to uh, to short balls in the front court with his uh, tremendous speed. Him and uh, Mansoor uh, Zaman, they were both uh, incredible that way. But, uh, yeah, I had a great chat uh, with uh, Shahid about his squash career, how it all started, uh, moving from Pakistan to London. And now he's, uh, you know, his pro career, we get into that quite a bit. Uh, his, uh, his philosophy on coaching, and he has... Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of his videos, his coaching videos, but the the passion for for coaching uh, his juniors and uh, the members at the club where he's teaching now, where he's the head pro at the uh, Tennis and Rackets Club in Boston. Uh, you know, if you watch his videos, you can just see uh, how much he enjoys it. So, and then that, and I think that really comes out in this episode. So, stay tuned for that later on uh, this week. And now before we go, I'm still uh, sort of uh, interested in uh, getting a few sponsors uh, to re- for adverts for the podcast, and uh, my brother-in-law is actually uh, interested. I told him I'd, I'd give him a hand uh, with this new golf uh, club cleaning technology. It's called uh, Groove It Brush, and you can see the, uh, what it's, uh, what it's capable, of, capable of doing on grooveitbrush.com g-r-o-o-v-e it brush.com and just to you know sum up a few things it's a brush uh bristled brush which you attach to uh your golf bag and it has a pump spray uh, which sprays water uh or cleaning solution on the face of your golf club if you place uh if you're a golfer Uh, nothing to do with squash here but uh now the option uh, to use uh, a liquid to help uh, clean what you're scrubbing is a ga- This is a game changer in the golf community. Uh, it's easy to refill, so it's uh, something you could probably refill uh, while you're on the course. Uh, so that that's a great thing. Uh, it eliminates the need for a clip or a lanyard that will wear out or get caught uh, in your golf bag zipper. So you don't want that happening. It's an extremely tough, durable uh, scrubbing brush with a three year bristle guarantee. If you can wear out the brush head cleaning clubs in three years, send it back and they'll give you a free replacement. So uh, that's just a few of the great uh, advantages of having this GroovIt Brush attached to your golf bag. So uh, GroovItBrush.com if you're a golfer, check it out and uh, yeah, see how it goes for you. I think they ship uh, globally. So uh, regardless of where you are in the world, Groovit Brush uh, will uh, deliver to you. So check that out. And that was my first uh, podcast advert read. Um, so we're, we're not really in, um, in cahoots with Groovit uh, as of yet, but uh, they may be uh, joining the, the In Squash podcast uh, team uh, some point down the road but we're looking for uh, for advertising in the squash community i might reach out to uh, a few people here and there but it's not something that i've made an effort uh, to do i've had a couple of uh, opportunities here and there but uh, at any rate grooveitbrush.com check that out if you uh, if you're a golfer. And uh, again, later this week, uh, Shahid Zaman, episode 126, will drop again one more time. Thanks to Mike Dale for for a great uh, chat today, and good luck to him at the Canary Wharf Media Day uh, defense of his 2019 title. Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon. Goodbye now.